When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. August 13th, 2010, Frankel wins for the first time at Newmarket, beginning an incredible run of 14 wins. All great streaks start somewhere, so start your own with Betfair's free bet streak. Simply bet £20 on the Betfair exchange and get a £5 free bet. With each free bet you win, you'll get another. It's that simple. Free bet streak from Betfair. Weekly opt-in, back or exchange bets, placed Monday to Sunday. Minimum odds to £1.55 free bet awarded at bet settlement. Valid for 72 hours. T's and C's apply. 18 plus. BeGambleAware.org. The final Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by AtTheRaces.com, your ultimate resource for finding winners. Welcome to the show with hopefully gravy galore as we look ahead to the weekend's racing with Rory DeLarge, Tom Bull and me, Emmett Kennedy. We will also give you a chance to win personalized Final Furlong Podcast mugs a little bit later on. A question to be asked on the show you can answer on Twitter. Winners will be announced on Monday's show. Tom Bull, do you have a Final Furlong Podcast mug? I do not. I would love one. And I am arguably the biggest mug on the Final Furlong podcast. So I think I should probably give Well, that just goes to show you how exclusive the Final Furlong podcast mugs are. A firm team member doesn't have one. By the way, Rory doesn't have one either. But you can have one before both of them. Details on how you can win coming up a little bit later on on the show. We'll consider how the boys get on over the weekend to see if they will be receiving Final Forum Podcast mugs as well. We'll be talking about Goodwood, where the going currently is good to soft. Uh, they are forecasting uh, a little bit of rain, uh, courtesy of AtTheRaces.com. Newmarket, where the going is good. And Windsor, which is live in Sky Sports Racing, the going there is currently good to soft. We'll begin, though, at Goodwood. Regal Reality. 3.75 currently on Betfair. Ben Battle, 4.0, his first run since the Saudi Cup. Uh, Duke of Hazard, 7.0. And Century Dream, who I quite like for this race, is 7.5. Uh, Tumble, the Ladbrokes Celebration Mile Stakes, to give it its full title, 3.35 at Goodwood on Saturday. Who do you like? I agree with you. I like Century Dream as well. I think this is a fascinating little race with a few different elements, including, of course, Ben Battle, who is coming back, having his reappearance in, in England after that Saudi Cup. Now, if the ground is going to be good to soft and it does get a little bit softer with a bit of rain that's forecast, I don't think that is going to help his chance at all because he is more than likely to need it a little bit. And I've always felt he's not really produced quite his best when the ground is softer than good. So I'd be quite keen to take him on, even though he is quite clearly the best in the race and he has to carry a penalty. There's a few things in there which suggest to me this might not be his day and this might possibly be used as a stepping stone to something later in the season. So I'd be keen to take on Ben Battle for all that he is very, very classy. Um, The interesting angle in this race, of course, is how you regard regal reality because he'd been a nearly horse for so, so long from listed class to Group 1 company, he'd all, kind of almost always been around the, the third, fourth placing, hasn't he? And then last time at Salisbury, he absolutely bolted in in a Group 3 contest on good to firm ground. Now, yes, that was very visually impressive. There are a few reasons it could have been. He was wearing a first-time visor. So Michael Stapp doesn't often resort to headgear unless it's absolutely necessary. And when he does... He's usually pretty sure it's going to work. And it did work. He was most impressive that day. He dropped back to a mile for the first time in quite a long time, which also clearly helped him. But 
despite that, those two positive things, it was a race that completely fell apart form-wise because the two favourites, including Duke of Hazard and Motta Kyle, uh, both came second last and last. And then his biggest challenger, Beat Le Bon, missed the break by about five lengths and then stormed home for second. So I think you can really take that performance with a pinch of salt and back on slightly softer going this time. I'm very inclined to take him on because I think he, you know, he had everything went his way that day. And despite the fact the headgear might have improved him, as might the drop to a mile, he's got he's still got it to prove in this kind of company, in my opinion. Um, Duke of Hazard needs to prove that he can come on for that run because that was a stinking run last time. I mean, no matter what you look into it, yes, he's got good Goodwood form in the past, but he really needs to find something because that was that was a shocking run at Salisbury. The Century Dream seems to be the one that will like the ground. He's run very well on this kind of ground in the past. He was third in the QE2 at Ascot to Roaring Lion when it was soft ground. Um, he clearly likes these conditions. And I'm very, very willing to overlook his run when fifth in the pre-Dispahan last time out when he wasn't fancied at all. But he only finished fifth, five and a half lengths off the leader. But it wasn't his true form. And it's interesting to note that he's been to France three times now. Three three times he's been there. He's run below form. I mean, he couldn't even win a listed contest last November at Deauville. Um, and, you know, we know he's much better than that. Mm. So I'd be willing to overlook that. And when you look at his previous run, where he was a, a very good winner of the Diamond, the rearranged Diamond stakes at Newbury, where he'd be king of comedy, um, that form is pretty good in the context of this of this race and with conditions to suit him he's only had two runs this season um hopefully he'll come on again a little bit and there are question marks over all his other rivals and i think he's the one that's the most solid actually provided he does return to that form of the diamond stakes two starts ago urban icon is a horse so i think is a very 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 good handicapper when given the right breaks as we saw he didn't really get the right breaks behind prompting in the um a big mile race at Glorious Goodwood last time, but he's possibly not up to some of these level. I mean, he's got he's rated 110, and that's probably about his ceiling, I would say. Sebuska has obviously been in very, very good form in handicaps this year and was possibly unlucky not to win last time out of York last week. But again, he's got a bit to find with these, despite the fact he's he's won over course and distance. And positive needs to find a bit more in first-time cheap pieces, which could obviously work, um, but he's got a lot to find with Regal Reality. So I think it's probably between Century Dream reinvigorated regal reality if you think he's going to be reinvigorated but i'd be much keener on Cetrogy, who's slightly more reliable and we know has form at this level and more importantly in my opinion will enjoy the underfoot conditions so he'd be my pick at actually what is pretty decent price yeah i i've put my money where my mouth is and i'm in complete agreement with you century dream 7.5 currently on the bet for exchange uh, regal reality an old rogue and uh, a favorite of rory's from the past uh, 3.75 is currently the price rory how do you see the celebration mile going the headgear um it's almost certainly very important to him because if he wasn't a grip horse um, and he was trained by someone other than Sir Michael Starr, you'd have had you'd have stuck headgear on him ages ago. Mm. Um, he's uh, he's been reluctant to go into the parade ring. He's been reluctant to come out of the parade ring. He's been reluctant to go to the start. He's been reluctant to go through with his effort uh, in races in the past. He's got an awful lot of talent, but the headgear um, seemed to to bring the best out of him. Tommy's a good point there that I I not beat Lebon that day at a big price and I was gutted by how that race panned out because he lost five lengths as conservative he, he stood in the stalls for at least two seconds um, and that seemed to lose all chance by doing so but the fact that he's able to pass the entire field um, to finish second um, shows that there's something slightly dubious about that form but the winner won easily um, the question with him is whether he's able to do it um, on, on different ground most of his form has been on uh, on a quicker surface although he does have he does a form at a high level um, with ease in the grime. I just don't massively trust him, to be perfectly honest. 
this is a this is a tough race for me because I think Ben Battle stands out, and I, I don't have a worry about him fresh because his record fresh is exceptional. In fact, you know they gave him a prep last year for the QE2, and he ran the race of his life when he was when he was meant to be half fit. Um, he won um, ridiculously easily on ground that was I'd say on the dead side of good at Newmarket um, last year, and all the talk was oh it's going to be so much better for this run, and he ran appallingly on his next start. Um, he beat King of Comedy five lengths there. Zaki um, was third, and they, they were in, in good form at the time. Now, King of Comedy is not a horse I'd want to, I'd want to um, use as a yardstick, but that, that was a solid race in behind the likes of Happy Par and Ananirium at the back of the field. Um, and if he repeats that form, he, he wins this. The worry is, you know, he has, there have been occasions where he's run disappointingly on soft ground in the past. Um, he doesn't seem to like Ascot an awful lot. He's never run particularly well there. Uh, and, I, and when he when he raced in the in the QE2, I think he left his race behind a new market beforehand. The ground was verging on heavy that day as well. It was hideous ground at Ascot, and uh, I mean, you know, they might, have, they might have lost the meeting there if they hadn't got the the, uh, the prospect of of using the jumps course. Um, he then had a break, and again was at his best after a break from winning at Maidan. You'd if the ground was good, he would have a tremendous chance here. Um, obviously, it's going to be. I think it's, is it good to start at the moment officially? Yes. There's a bit more rain forecast, but there's also you know the, the weather will be better come Saturday. But there may, there may be some rain between now and then. If it was good to soft, I'd give them the benefit of the doubt. If it was soft, I'd leave it alone. And saying that, if it was soft, there, there are very few horses in this race you could genuinely fancy on soft ground. Um, if you believe the regal reality has turned the corner, you could you could fancy him. And obviously, Century Dream, his best form has come on, on, on soft ground. He was a wee bit disappointing in the QE2 last year. That was his first race of the season, to all intents and purposes. Um, so you, you forgive him that. Um, I saw he was a wee bit disappointing in the pre farm last time, right? with, with the conditions very much in his favour and with the prep run as well. So that kind of puts me off him. Um, I'd end up probably not having a bet if, if, if I thought the ground was, was worse than good to soft. Um, if I thought it was it was genuinely good to soft, I would take a chance in Ben Battle because it sounds to me like people will be out to get him. The fact that he's given the penalty race is almost irrelevant because he is, uh, you know, if you look at the at the um, at the time form ratings for this, for example, he's got very little in hand of a few of these. You know, he's a pound clear of Regal Reality, a pound clear of, of Sir Busker, uh, two pounds clear of, of Urban Icon. But it's hard to believe he's not a better horse than all of those. Um, at his best, even giving the weight away. And Sir Busker and Urban Icon are getting their ratings from handicaps. High-class handicappers don't always make the grade um, to um, to group company beyond sprint trips. Um, Top-class sprinters tend to. Um, horses over a mile and further tend to struggle if their form is in handicaps. They're often, you know, um, better giving weight away to inferior horses. So as I said, Ben Battle's the one who, who stands out to me, but I'd probably have to keep my hands in my pockets if the, if the going was genuinely soft. Ben Battle is undoubtedly the class horse of the race, and if he turns up in top form, then it's going to be very, very hard to stop him, but I will side with Century Dream here. Just to clarify um, the point on Ben Battle there, he's not he's not fundamentally a fast ground horse, he's a good ground horse. Obviously he does very good form on, on quick ground, but his ideal surface is good ground. Uh, and the question there is, you know how far away from good ground are you going to get? And if it's if it's you know worse than good to soft, that's probably too far. But you know, I think I think he could be good to soft. Although you look through his record and there's not that much uh, form in that kind of service. I think you can make excuses for him. So apologies for going back to that. No need to apologise at all for expanding on a very good point, Rory Delargy, and we appreciate it. Uh, so proceed with caution is the recommendation from Rory. It's Century Dream for Tom Bull and I. That brings us to the three o'clock, the Group Three March Stakes. This race is really cut up and cut up quite badly. Cabalta is currently two point two or two point five. You might be able to get uh, Subjectivists 
3.25, Celtic Art is 5.5, and Table Mountain, 9.0. These sources have all contracted in price because this has caught up badly, Tom Bull. So what is your current thoughts on the March stakes? Yeah, it's really cut up, hasn't it? It's a proper dearth of, uh, of good group three horses over a mile and three quarters, it looks like, this season. Um, yeah, it's an interesting race, this one, isn't it? The March Stakes is always won by a horse who I would say is usually not up to even group three standard, but is always very well placed by his or her trainer. I mean, last kind of few years, we had the Twizzler who won it in 2015, made up, won it a couple of years ago, and then Saron Priestley won it last year, who I have to say I thought was placed immaculately by Mark Johnston to win quite a few races and then finish second in the ledger. I mean, that horse in, in the usual year wouldn't really be up to, to, to performing like that, but he was really well placed by Mark Johnston. And I think this year, you've got a kind of much muchness again. Johnston relies on a subjective he definitely has a chance. Um, he's, he's second favourite, isn't he? But I mean, Cabaletta is surely, if she if she runs to her, her best level, she's going to win this. I mean, looks a very good opportunity for her. She wasn't disgraced behind Endahar at all last time in the Lily Lang Tree. Yes, there were only three runners that day. But it was still a nice performance. She got pretty close to her and wasn't disgraced at all. And she gets weight here from her biggest dangers, subjectivist and Celtic art. And you'd have to say... I would, I would have had to say on that, on that evidence last time. It wasn't a case of her not staying the trip behind Enbihar, but rather she was just beaten by a better horse who was pacier over that trip. And we saw that Enbihar went and won at York in a much better race last week. So the form has been franked. Um, as I said, she gets weight and I would put her as the best horse and the most unexposed horse in this race with more potential to come. And I think she'll be very difficult to beat because I think even without weight, she'd probably win this race. Um, Subjectivist ran a really, really good race at Goodwood at a glorious meeting in the Gordon Stakes behind Mogul. That was when he uh, was a front runner. He's likely to get an easily lead again. And if he does get a very easy lead, that's the only reason, that's the only way I see him coming out on top, really. I was disappointed by his run at York last week, but as a classic Mark Justin horse, he seems to be running him every week. And it'd be no surprise to all see him bounce back to his best. Um, but I can see Caballetta stalking him and then pouncing late on. There, there, isn't, there aren't many angles to this race. Um, obviously, ground-wise... Cavaletta has really got to prove herself, but I mean, she did win a maiden on heavy ground, a novice race on heavy ground at Yarmouth at the back end of last season where she beat none other than frankly Darling. Um, so you'd have to be pretty unconcerned that she, she'd handle, she wouldn't handle conditions here. Um, so I, I don't think, I think Cavaletta is very solid. If getting an easy lead, that would be the only, the only big danger really. I don't think Celtic Art is going to be quite good enough to trouble the favour and Table Manson certainly isn't good enough on what that one's shown so far. So, I mean, unless it becomes extremely tactical, Cavaletta is the one, but I mean, it's, it's not a race to get involved in really. Rory, are you in agreement with Tom? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I like Cavaletta. I had a small bet on her at, at Goodwood against Den Bihar last time out and you know she ended up facing a pretty much impossible task but she pulled well clear of the other runner in that you know that was an improved effort again she wasn't particularly well suited by the way the race was run there either not that she would have beaten Den Bihar but Den Bihar you know has gone on and won the launch deal um, since that so it's it's very solid form and she's going the right way at this stage so I think she is the one to beat strictly speaking subjective is has marginally better form, but he's looking a bit more exposed now and needs to bounce back from his um, his disappointing run behind Pal Driver at York. And the market is pretty much right as far as that goes. I don't I don't greatly fancy the other two, but it could be cat and mouse between subjectivist and Cabaletta. And around five to four Cabaletta isn't appealing for a bet. I have a feeling though that as we move to the 225 at Goodwood, that Rory is going to have an opinion on this race because it's a handicap. You'd be surprised. Oh, oh, it's a handicap and Rory does love to solve the handicap puzzles. The Brian Chataway celebrating 50 years at Ladbrokes Handicap. That's a nice touch. Uh, well done. Magical Wish 
5.5 at the top of the market alongside Breath of Air. Battered, who I've backed for this uh, during the week, is now into 8.0 on the Bedford Exchange. Card Sharp, 8.0 as well. And Oh, This Is Oz, uh, around about 9.5 currently. Tom, lead us off with the Brian Chataway handicap. Uh, your thoughts on this race? Battered is who I've backed. What about you? It's worth saying, actually, before I start this, and I probably should have said it earlier, that I do find that even when there's a little bit of rain and uh, that gets into the ground at Goodwood, and there's been quite a bit this week and there's potential for more, that it can take an awful lot of getting home. And we've seen that so many times. They often cross over to the near side rather than staying on the far side of the course. And I do think that you need horses who can handle soft ground, even if the going is only good to soft, to put it that way. Um, because I think it can be, it can underestimate horses. Uh, this horse can be underestimated by the ground. Um, so I'd just like to put that forward quickly, which leads me on nicely to uh, a horse called Milltown Star who runs in this race and has been off for a hell of a long time, for 284 days, and will need to be at the prime fitness to win this. But if Milltown Star is at prime fitness, I can see that I'm going very, very close in this race because soft ground, he was second to Tom Frey last year at Newmarket. That was a really nice run and then followed up on heavy ground in listed company at Shantee. That was a nice performance. And yes, it's been raised in the weights quite significantly for that, but it's a quite much improved performer and did nothing but progress last season. Actually ran the Curra in the one of those uh, auction races and finished fifth of 26. Um, and from then progressed to finish second in that handicap and then first in the listed company. 14 to 1 around about that mark is a big price of this horse if fitness if he is fit, um, because if he is fit, then he should not be that price at all. He's a three-year-old. He had quite a few runs last season, but still has to progress, uh, aim to, uh, room to progress much more. James Dawes on the saddle, which is obviously a very positive jockey booking. And in a race where many have questions to answer, particularly the likes of Card Sharp and Monoski, both Mark Johnson's horse, horses, oh, this is us, I still think is too high in the weights. He needs to come down quite a bit. Jack's point ran a stinker last time out, uh, and he's not really produced the goods since running very well at Ascot earlier in the season. Magical Wish won last time out, but that was some good to firm ground. Not going to get those conditions this time, uh, despite the fact it's got very useful jockey on Thorhammer Hansen taking three pounds off. And then Breath of Air, who we saw beat none other than my favourite horse, Blue Mist, earlier in the season at Newbury. Um, <laughs> He, I mean, he's got a big chance of Ryan Moore and Charlie Hills. Um, I think he probably will handle the ground, but I mean, at that price, it's nowhere I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be with him. So, I mean, of the others, Milltown Star does make plenty of appeal. Hopefully, he'll be fit enough. And if he does, he'll love conditions. And I think there's still more room in his mark. He improved no end last year and really improved towards the end of the season. We lost storm in November. And if, you know, reproducing the goods this time, he'd be an each way player. First time run after a gelding operation as well. Uh, and his seasonal debut, Mick Shannon and James Doyle. Milltown star currently 15.0 on the Betfair exchange. In fact, blink and you miss it, 17.0 right now. The prestige stakes, 150. Currently at Goodwood, Pompeo is 3.5 on the Betfair exchange. Happy Romance, uh, around about 4.0. Isabella Giles, 5.0. And Prado, is currently just about 6.8 on the Bedford Exchange as well. Tom, we'll start with you as usual. Again, a field that's been decimated. We have an old favourite here in Seattle Rock. 80 to 1. Travelled like a dream and almost landed a massive gamble for us on the podcast when put up by Rory DeLarge a few weeks ago. I still have nightmares about that, but we still got paid the each way money, thankfully, and the place bet on the Bedford Exchange. Uh, who do you like here, Tom? Yeah, I mean, Storm Francis has had his wicked way, hasn't he? I mean, it's really kind of ruined everything this week. I mean, there's been decimated fields all over the place from Banger all the way to Goodwood this mm. weekend. Um, I am, 
I was impressed with Happy Romance. I won't lie. At York last week, um, she beat Devious Company. Who I remember, well, listeners will remember, I was very sweet on. But everything that went could have gone wrong went wrong for him. I mean, he missed the break slightly. He was out of his comfort zone for a long way and Happy Romance got first run on him and despite the fact he did stay on very strongly towards the end um, he could never get to grips with Happy Romance and that was from her because she, you know, she put him in his place despite the fact um, he was staying on and missed the break I think she might have won anyway um, I'm happy to say that however she now takes on a potentially very exciting filly in Pomelo for Rafe Becky. I'm not usually that keen tip horses who have only had one start but the manner of her victory at Newbury where she absolutely bolted in uh, in July was very impressive and she was backed off the board that day as though victory as though victory sorry defeat was out of the question um, that was a really really nice start from her I mean she knew her job of course she did but I mean there's nothing you can't take anything away from her um, the form of that isn't particularly strong but it's not bad I mean the second horse dreams unwind has since finished second again at Chelmsford in a similar type of race over a furlong further and uh, Clive Cox's horse who came third for Benya or for Bena has since finished second out of 11 at Haydock so I mean it could have been a lot worse and Pomelo absolutely destroyed them um, so I definitely give her a big chance she's beautifully bred and Rafe Beckett as we know is so good with this Felice he won with this won this race with Antonio de Vega a couple of seasons ago and for me Pomelo if taking that step forward she really should do I mean she's she's not been given a rating yet Happy Romance has a rating of 97 and I would not be surprised at all if after this performance Pomelo was rated 100 plus because um, I don't think she really has probably too much to find on that on that debut victory it was, it was that impressive of the others Isabel Giles um, ran fourth in the Princess Margaret Ascot last time but unfortunately the form of that so far has worked out really quite badly both the front two ran in the Lowther and were really they really ran stinkers actually they were really poor Halla Halla and Santosha for David Lochnane and then Caroline Dale who ran third in that race has since been beaten in listed company um, so I'm not really entirely sure about the strength of that form and she's also had three starts now and is starting to look possibly slightly more exposed than the rest Prado's interesting for Charlie Hills and Ryan Moore um, she won on debut as well but she wasn't nearly as impressive as Pomelo who I think has got a lot more scope to improve further than Prado necessarily does despite the fact Ryan Moore is in the saddle and I think you can discount Seattle Rock, who's exposed now, despite the fact ran well at Newmarket last time, and thank you next, who's got too much to find. But I think Pomelo, Pomelo is is the most exciting, definitely has the most potential here, and Rafe Beckett knows what he's got with his fillies, and I expect her to just see off Happy Romance, who is also improving markedly, but this might come a little bit too soon after last week, and we're yet to see how she gets on over seven furlongs, whereas Pomelo is proven at that distance. And although we don't know how she'll be in this uh, softer ground um, her action on debut would suggest to me that she'll be fine in it and I expect her to win this tell me what you think Roy did argue uh, I was I was impressed with um, with Pomelo on debut as well although it was just an ordinary contest um, she did it very nicely in the end um, Dreams Unwind was a bit disappointing next time out and then as Tom said was, was second at Chelmsford but she had every chance at Chelmsford um, and it limits the form a little bit. Uh, in terms of what she achieved there, she's got plenty to find, to be honest. Um, but what you got was a very a visually impressive performance. You got the impression that she would, you know, she was very green. I thought, despite the fact that she she kind of knew what she was doing. She was always handy and always travelling well. Um, but although she came clear, she just gave the impression she was sky gazing a little bit. You know, um, 
just looking around her and taking it in uh, and she was winning without doing an awful lot so there's there's the prospect of an awful lot more to come from Pomelo but I think strictly on form um, she she does have a fair bit to find um, and whether you want to back her it, it depends enormously on um, on the kind of price you're going to get and I'm guessing you're not getting a great price are you? Around about nine to four um, is the best you're getting now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could see her being even shorter than that. So it's not it's not a terrible price. It's not the kind of price I want to be laying her at. Happy Romance obviously has the has the form in the book. Um, she's had plenty of chances to show it as well. Um, she saved the six well enough in the uh, in the live the last time out, but I don't think she wants seven. Don't think she wants seven on, on what I've seen of her so far. Obviously, Richard Hannon is, you know, he picked up um, two really good pots that the, the people who own her have never had horses before. And they weren't that pleased to be getting this horse finally. Uh, when when Richard Hand um, phoned them up and said, "We got you that horse you were talking about," um, uh, and it turns out they'd had a they'd had a conversation over drinks months before. Um, where to run? Uh, the the owner essentially said, "Oh yeah, it'd be quite nice to get a horse at some stage." And the next thing he knows, um, uh, this is Mr. McMurray. Um, Richard Hand's found him one, so he was a little bit wary of getting it. But now they're one of the, one of the few owners in the country who are making money out of the game because mm. she's won two big um, big sales races. Uh, and obviously, the the plan with her now is to get black type to make her to make her um, you know more valuable as a broodmare. And I think he's keen to strike while the iron's hot. You know, you want to find the, essentially you want to find the weakest. A group race she could find. Um, she's fit. Um, you know, group three is easier to win than a group two. But I, I just worry about whether she will stay seven. Um, Richard Hannah is, is already plotting her three-year-old campaign and, and says, you know, he'll be starting her off, uh, all things being equal, at Newbury um, for the Fred Darling Stakes, which is over seven um, in um, uh, late April, early May next year. Um, but I, I'd be concerned about her staying the trip at the moment. And so we'll see um, how she goes. I mean, she, she, you know, she's better at six than she is at five, as we've seen so far. And you could argue that she might be even better at seven. Um, but that's, it's not the question mark for me. Uh, Seattle Rock is good enough to go close to this, but she fundamentally refused to go past um, in that new market race. Yeah. And that's the big worry with her. Um, she probably needs to be delivered very late and David Probert will be trying to do that. And I can see her hitting the frame at a, at a decent price again. But... She's now um, looked awkward off the bridle on her last three starts, and that begins to get worrying after a while. Clearly, I was keen to get involved with her last time because she was a massive price. She dropped at 80 to 1, 150 on Betfair, I think. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, and she traded odds on and running. Um, or sorry, well, she traded 2.2 for money. I uh, think she was a little bit shorter than that for, for peanuts. I, I think I'd probably go with Isabel Giles here because I think I, I think you'll probably get value about her. She was she's bred to want this ground. She hasn't raced on it so far, but she's a she's a daughter of Bellardo, and Bellardo absolutely relished soft ground, and, and most of his offspring um, who've raced on easy ground have um, appreciated it as well. Um, the thing about her is people will look at the Princess Margaret and go, oh, that's terrible form because look how badly those who've run it have run since. The bottom line is they've all they've run too badly. Uh, Dave Lochnane, who trained the first and third that day, his horses have just lost form in the last um, couple of weeks. They've been running badly uh, for whatever reason. So uh, the fact that Caroline Dale and Santosha have disappointed since is not a massive concern for me. If they'd run six or seven pounds below what that form was meant to be, it would it would make me think that maybe wasn't as good as it looked at the time, but the fact that they've been running two stone and more below form um, means they haven't been running their race at all. So I'm inclined, 
yes, you, you've got Santosh, you've got Hala, 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 um, and you've got Caroline Deal, who've all disappointed. Since On My Way, um, who finished a uh, length behind Isabella Giles, has also run badly um, since that. But they've all, they've all run stinkers. Uh, and I'd be much more concerned about horses who run reasonably well, but just show that they were flattered. Um, by where they finished in a group three. And that's not what I've seen. Now, I don't think it is the strongest group three you'll ever, you'll ever see because of the distances between the first and fifth were three quarters of a length, the same short head and a length. Um, and you expect bigger margins um, in a race like that, you know, where, where um, class is coming to the... F- I don't think it's brilliant form, but I think the poor performance of horses who come out of that is probably misleading. And Isabella Giles... She is crying out for seven furlongs. She's not a six furlong horse at all. She's also not a top of the ground filly, from what I've seen. So she gets her chance, seven furlongs, given the ground, and I think she'll improve a chunk for it. And because of the mixed messages from her last race, you'll get a bigger price than you should do. 5.0 about Isabella Giles for the Roonies, who've switched from national hunt ownership to uh, flat ownership. Best of luck to them, but another major owner. they switching to no ownership at all. Yeah, which is a big, big blow. Uh, again, but all their eggs in the flat basket for now before they eventually bow out. And uh, that is Rory's thoughts. We're going to switch to new markets for the hopeful stakes, as we're hopeful for the Close Brothers hopeful stakes. Uh, Close Brothers, of course, big sponsors at Cheltenham as well. So nice, another mention for the Jumps fans. Uh, Good Ground uh, is currently the going for new market. And on attheraces.com, the prices are Summer G Hand. Oh, dear. How did we not back him last time out? After putting him up 17 times this year. Ugh. Anyway, 4.0. Sunday Star, 7.0. Ventura Rebel, 8.2 on the Bedford Exchange. And Jash is around about 7.0. Raucous, we'll throw in as well, 8.2. Tumble, your thoughts on the Close Brothers hopeful stakes at Newmarket? Yeah, this isn't isn't a, a particularly nice race if that makes sense for me. I don't I don't really like it as a contest. It's just summer hand, I think, is, is the one to beat here. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if he wins. You've then got Jash, who had a win operation before his last run at Newcastle, where he ran well below form, despite the fact that was coming off the back of a long break. Um, he obviously had group one form as a youngster, but I you ha- you'd have to have to give him a watching brief, despite the fact he is one of the best horses in this race, if bringing his A game, because that he- run last time out, it's not good enough to go close in a contest like this. No, um, he, he was so exciting, though, wasn't he? Coming into last year with that 10 sovereigns form, but it just it didn't happen for him. And now he's having his second run after a wind up. Yeah, he, he's a horse that's got a big, big question mark hanging over his head. He's got a big question mark. I mean, and they're definitely trying to recover his ability, if that makes sense, by not yep. pitching him too. Because they could easily have gone higher levels than this. I mean, this is just a listed contest, and at one stage he was a Group One horse. So, I mean, they're, they're trying to find his reignite his spark, if you will. Um, but until he does that, there's no not a chance you could put money on Jash, in my opinion. Um, although Glenn Shield did, of course, frank that form last time out in Ireland. But I mean, he did finish five lengths, fourth of sixth from that horse. So, you know, you'd have to you'd have to see a lot more from him. Sunday Star ran well last time behind. Queen Jojo, big odds at York. Um, that was a nice run, and he's a caution distance winner, uh, who should be you know well suited by the races. By the way, the race is run, um, provided they go a, a decent enough pace. Um, Raucous for me can't win this off the back of such a long break. I think he's going to really struggle. He'll probably need it. Um, and of the others, nothing really makes any sort of appeal to me at, at this level. I have to say, I'm, I'm not taken by any of them. I mean, Ventura Rebel has 
had very good form last year at a better level than this, but I've been disappointed so far this season. Yes, it ran a good race um, in the Commonwealth Cup at really big odds, but why did it run so badly last time at York? I thought everything was particularly in his favour. Yes, it was like he was up a furlong trip. Now he's back down to six furlongs again. Um, but I think he's that he's the kind of horse that would need a slightly bigger field to go helter helter skelter here because he, we showed he showed how good he ran. He, he likes a big field and fourth in the Super Sprint as well. Although he couldn't win that one five to four favourite. Uh, but that's another that's for another day. But I, I just think I think if they go enough, enough of the pace, Summerhand is the one to beat. He's done nothing but improve, and he won the Shoots Cup off top weight last time. I mean, they, that takes some serious doing. Yeah. I mean, he's got five pounds. Up, up five pounds in the ratings now and in a race that I would not be willing to get involved in really at all he he is the one that stands out for me he's very consistent he's he's kind of discovered a consistency that he didn't used to have um, which is great to see and David Omar has really run well this season and every, every run he needs things to drop right for him but they have been I mean obviously he didn't quite get to Hey Jonesy in the Wokium but I mean he was only beating a nose and after that he's won twice one at Swanson Ponteracks and then once at Goodwood last time out provided the rain doesn't get into the ground too much it's currently good ground at Newmarket um, if he doesn't get any softer than that he should be fine in conditions and he is he is for me the form horse in the race he's the most consistent and if you're looking at uh, you know, you're going to have a bet in this race. You're looking at him; he's about three to one, eleven to four. Jash is nine to two, and I know, I know which one I'd rather be on. So, Summerhan tentatively is the one, but it's not a race to get involved in too heavily. I agree with you. I'm slightly interested in in Watan, but that may very well be me being stubborn and trying to reclaim losses from last time out. Uh, Rory, um, ground is is crucial here. Uh, you're saying it, it's it's good at the moment, but. Um, uh, looking at the um, at the the forecast from the the course, um, going six seven point four at the moment, um, going given as good. Patchy showers expected this evening, followed by a drier spell before further showers through Friday afternoon. Windy with potential for more persistent spells of rain overnight into Saturday, and then a cool and blustery day with a chance of further showers. We're not looking at good ground. No, uh, and that's a pity because I think um, I think Summerland would be would be. Um, a cracking bet on, on good ground. He does handle it. He, he won it um, upon the fact and good to soft, but he wouldn't want it genuinely soft. Um, that would be... Just, say, just quickly say, I think I, you're absolutely right, Rui, but I, I, it'd be interesting to see how windy it gets because it's been so windy, isn't it, the last few days? Yes, yeah. That has got rid of some of the rain in the ground. We saw that at York last week, but I, I don't know whether Storm Francis might just be hanging up his boots now. I think he's had... No, but a new market tends to get tends to get different weather to the rest of the country. They sometimes avoid the rain when, when we're getting it, but they end up getting getting rain um, there right on the um, on the the east coast essentially. Um, uh, that that um, the Midlands doesn't tend to tend to get. So it seems it seems to be uh, looking at the weather forecast for most of the country on, on Saturday and Sunday. It's a lot better, but new market are seem to be expecting um, a fair degree of rain. Uh, it's difficult to quantify that, and that's slightly off-putting. If it got absolutely dreadful, I'd um, I'd give Bungie Jump half a chance. Oi, oi. Um, yeah, she she um, she likes this track anyway. She was um, uh, she was a winner on the uh, over course and over course and distance, uh, not on the, on the design course still, aren't we? She was a, a winner on the um, on the Rolly Mile um, early in the season, um, and she does have form on heavy ground. Uh, and wants to make the running, so it ended up. If they ended up with a, a tailwind and bad ground, it would suit her down to the ground. Um, as I, I, I can't be backing Josh um, on what I've seen of him in his last couple of starts. Obviously, you don't have to go back too far to find top class form for him, but it's difficult to back him with confidence. Um, 
I thought Rockus was a little bit interesting. You know, obviously we haven't seen him for almost a year, but he's won fresh in the past. Um, he's run more often than not. He runs well uh, when fresh. And the interesting thing I thought about him was that Tom Morley has has got rid of a lot of his horses. Um, you know, there was um, a bit of coverage of, of uh, the fact that Tom is one of the uh, one of the major domestic owners in the game, um, who's put a huge amount of money into the sport. Um, he's getting plenty of winners, um, but it's cost him. He he worked out it's cost him three hundred and fifty thousand this year. Jeez. Um, in you know um, in training fees. Um, less prize money because the training fees are an awful lot more than the prize money is so he's just hemorrhaging cash essentially um, but he's a very very good judge of a horse he's done very very well with the horses that he's purchased and obviously he's able to sell them on as well he took a bunch of horses to the sales um, but it's interesting that Rockus wasn't one of those and he's um, um, he's turning Rockus out here uh, he's got form at the track he's got most of his form is on better ground but he ran as well as he as well as he did all season when um fourth in a group three at Ascot and the Bangostics at the end of the season and that came on the back of a long break as well he hadn't, he hadn't raced since August uh, when he was successful over this course and distance in a listed race um, and then he went and finished uh, fourth in that group three after after a couple of months off um, so he can go well fresh and the fact that you know if, if Tom thought he wasn't going to be ready to win a race this autumn you'd have thought he'd have, he'd have put him in with the um, with the other horses at the sales maybe he maybe his intention is to stick him in the horses and training sales at the end of the year but um, it's interesting that he's that he's um, cracking on with Rockus who as I said is a course and distance winner um, is by Dream Ahead whose his best form was was on soft ground at this track mm-hmm. over course and distance um, he's been around a fair while Rockus and you wouldn't expect him to improve but he doesn't have to if he's at his best um, so if he does arrive at the top of his form and, and you know, there, there's um, historical precedent for him being ready fresh, uh, then he could run very well. If he missed the rain, I wouldn't want to be against someone. I just want to point out that his, his track record is very, very good. Um, he's run three times over course and distance uh, in competitive races. He finished second every time. Um, and those have you know he's been unlucky in running twice as well and we know that when things drop right from what he can do as he showed um, in the Stewart's Cup itself the the only issue with him is backing him at short odds because he is a hostage to fortune he's got to come from from um, from out the back uh, he needs the gaps to appear um, at the right time and obviously if the race isn't run at the right tempo as a, I don't think it really was at Newbury in his previous start he can be disappointing um, but he, he put it all together last time out clearly if he repeats that that's the best form in the race, um, but you've got lots of um, uh, lots of handicap form with him, um, where he's maybe appeared the best horse in the race and been unlucky on the day. Um, so you, you have to bear that in mind if you're backing him at a shortage price. And as I said, if they got all the rain they think they might get, then the going could turn very soft at Newmarket, and that would that would put me off. Competition time, final Forlorn podcast mug with your name on it, up for grabs. Here is the question. Last Sunday at NACE, an Aidan O'Brien-trained Air Force Blue won the big juvenile race. But what's his name? Tweet your answer to hashtag FFP Mug Club at Final Furlong Pod, and we'll announce two winners on Monday's show with Kate Tracy as we look back on the weekend's action and talk about the big stories in racing as well. Names That's a great race. Great race that, wasn't it? It was a cracking race. It was a cracking race. Good opportunity for the little man 
uh, to land a big pot. And what happened? The idea. And what happened? Coolmore. Aiden O'Brien. Aiden O'Brien and Coolmore with Hamdan Al Maktoum finishing second. <laughs> the big boys. Uh, but the question is, though, I will what is the name of the Aiden O'Brien trained Air Force Blue? who won at NACE in the big juvenile race on Sunday. Tweet his name with the hashtag FFP Mug Club, and we'll pick two winners on Monday's show. We're talking about Windsor next. August 13th, 2010. Frankel wins for the first time at Newmarket, beginning an incredible run of 14 wins. All great streaks start somewhere, so start your own with Betfair's free bet streak. Simply bet £20 on the Betfair exchange and get a £5 free bet. With each free bet you win, you'll get another. It's that simple. Free bet streak from Betfair. Weekly opt-in, back on exchange bets, place Monday to Sunday. Minimum odds, £1.55 free bet awarded at Bet Settlement. Valid for 72 hours, T's and C's apply, 18 plus begamblerware.org. So we'll wrap up Saturday's coverage with two races from Windsor. I know that Tom's got a horse that he wants to mention at Goodwood as well, but the Gallagher Group August Stakes listed race over a mile and three sees Desert Encounter currently favoured on the Bedford Exchange at 3.5 ahead of Alnumac. Rory hasn't gone mental, so let's go with that pronunciation. 4.0. <laughs> Ledon de V. I've given up ages ago. 5.0. Sextant, 7.0. Rory, you can lead this time. The Gallagher Group August yeah. stakes. Yeah, this is reasonably straightforward. Desmond kind of wins. Um, he has a... He's won this race before. He's also won the other decent race on the card. He's won the, uh, the Winter Hill stakes as well. He has never been beaten at Windsor, in actual fact. Um, and um, I think he's had four wins, of the, four wins from four runs of the track, I think. Uh, it might be three from three. Uh, I'm imagining a maiden win or, or something early in his career as well. Yes, indeed. He won a, he won a handicap here um, as, a, as, a young, as a young horse back in 2016. Um, he's always, as I said, he's won this before. He's won the other big race on the card before. He comes, he comes to himself um, in the autumn. He's effective on a range of grounds. Um, he handles heavy. He handles good to firm. Um, he gets on especially well with Jamie Spencer. I mean, it's not straightforward, straightforward. It's not a huge amount between the field in terms Desert, of... Desert Encounter wins. He wins. But Desert Encounter is just ideally suited by by this track. He, he's, he's suited by these tactical small field affairs as well. Um, if he's going to win another race, it'll be this one. You had me at Desert Encounter wins, Rory. Uh, official mark of 113 and Jamie Spencer doing a special on Sky Sports Racing. Uh, Tom, are you in agreement or are you going to try and burst this bubble? No, I, I, I do agree. I think Desert Encounter wins as well. Um, that, that wins a record is something to behold, isn't it? Mm. And I mean... He, he ran really well last time at behind Pat Baskova. Um, and I don't think there's anything particularly in this race to beat him because he arguably has the best form when he's at this track. He probably does. And of those that are in opposition, I mean, uh, communicate. Like Mark Johnson, I know, loves to run his horses day in, day out, but just give him a break because he just looks in need of one. I mean, that one last, honestly, <laughs> I really, really believe it. Like on that run, in, he beat seventh out of seven last time at the Jeffrey Freer. Before that, he finished sixth out of six in the glorious stakes. And I just think he need, he's got all the hallmarks of a horse. He's just tired. He's had a really long season. If you look at his season last year, he ran eight times from the beginning of April until the end of September. This time, he's run six times already since the beginning of June. I mean, that is, that is a crazy schedule. And he's not like he's been running in claiming races. He's been running in really good, really good group two, group three races. And until he gets a hiatus, a little sejourn away from the rumble and tumble of top-class races, I think Communique is not going to be back in the winner's enclosure for quite some time. But then, of course, Mark Johnson is a vet, and he knows horses a lot more than I do. True. But what I've seen, Communique needs a rest. Alunak, um, 
is a horse who ran a cracking race in the hard work behind Fanny Logan. But he's starting to become really, really frustrating. I mean, he finished behind a half length behind Desert Encounter at Woodbine in Canada at the end of last season. He's held on that form. But his last couple of runs have just frustrated me because I thought he'd run a really big race behind Dan Mayo at Newmarket. Everything was in his favour that day. We know he likes soft ground. Um, and it, it, you know, a three-week break after Royal Ascot. And he didn't run a race at all. And then he was beaten quite a long way behind Pablo Escobar and finished behind Desert Encounter last time. So Desert Encounter comes up Trump's ahead on that. He loves wins. He's got Jamie Spencer on board. So provided the brakes do come, of course, we know exactly how that horse is going to be ridden. Then he is definitely the one to beat. The one that I fear most, actually, is Sextant, who ran a six-length second to Mirando uh, in the Cumberland Lodge, I think it was, at Ascot last season, the end of the last season. But previously beaten Manuela de Vega, which was a decent performance and listed contest at Chester. He's only had one run so far this season. That came in the Jeffrey Freer when he was beaten, put in his place by Hookham. But I have to say, he had all the hallmarks of a horse who needed that run desperately. Mm. He kind of slowly away, travelled into it quite nicely and then got tired late on. So of those against Desert Encounter, I do fear Sexton the most. And being by Sir Michael Stout, you'd have to expect a little more progression to come, even as a five-year-old, because you know what he's like um, with horses as they improve year on year. Um, so he'd be the biggest danger. But Desert Encounter, as Rory said, four out of four at Windsor. There's nothing really for me to take him on. And I would expect him to improve his course record. I have a funny feeling that the At The Races team are going to pick this out as the promo for the week. And this will be clipped out on Twitter. And when Communique goes and wins by five lengths, we'll just have to make... <laughs> We'll have to make it a special promo for next week's appearance from Tom Bull. I agree with you. Mark, I know it's not your style, but give the horse a break. Send him off to an island. Oh, you can't do that. It's Rona. Anyway, let him have a little break and then come back. Uh, as you said, Mark Johnson knows what he's doing, but Desert Encounter is going to take the world to beating here. Let's hope if this is a promo, it actually pays a dividends for us. <laughs> I was going to say, far from me to belittle Mark Johnson, who I greatly admire and is one of the best trainers there's ever been, but... That's just my opinion. Braveheart himself. Uh, what about the 315, the Gallagher Group Winter Stakes, Group 3, again live on Sky Sports Racing uh, over the 10 furlong trip this time around. Fox Chairman heads the betting on the bet for exchange at 2.5. Who do you like here, Tom? I quite like Extra Elusive and I quite like Fox Chairman, which isn't great because they're both ahead of market. Um, but of the two, I've just come down on Fox Chairman, I think, slightly. Extra Elusive was given a fantastic ride at Haydock last time out by Holly Doyle um, from the front. There's a bit of a change in tactics that day and beat certain lad who has since gone on to frank the form in no uncertain terms at York last week. Extra elusive, had been a bit of a nearly horse. Front-running tactics seems to make a difference last time, as did the application of the wonderful Holly Doyle. But unfortunately, he has to carry a penalty against Fox Chairman, whose form behind Aspitar is yet to be tested properly, as that horse is yet to come out and, and run again. Uh, Lord Glisters didn't run fantastically in the Strensel, but nothing went right for him that day. And... He is slowly starting to rediscover his form uh, of last season. He's only had three starts so far this year. Finished third behind a good horse of Andre Faber's Sandown called Manicure. And then behind Aspital, that was an improved performance again last time. Um, everything's in place for a good run here. He is the highest rated in the race. He hasn't got a carry penalty. And despite the fact there's been a lot of King Power horses who I've expected to run better this season than they have, uh, there's no reason to think that the ownership is in to do with it. Um, Sylvester D'Souza is on board. He knows this horse very well. And for me, it's between the two of them with Fox Chairman just about coming out on top. Um, Sajari making the grade here from Handicapper, having won the John Smith's Cup really nicely. Uh, he beat Certain Lad that day, so that form has obviously worked out well as well. Um, but he's got, to, he's got to improve on the figures about 
£10 here to trouble both extra elusive and Fox Chairman. And as Fox Chairman, for me, who after with the fourth run now after a break, um, that form last year when he finished second behind Sargarius, third behind Circus Maximus, and then beat Pondus um, when odds on at Newbury is is good form and he's coming back to that level that run in the sky that York stakes last time was arguably a career best and he's still improving and he'll take a lot of beating here for producing his best I think uh, Roy Delargy your thoughts on the 315 at Windsor I'm not mad on the top of the market even though you know if you just if you just give me the race and say who do you think is the likeliest winner I'd, I'd say Fox Chairman but um, I can see I can see a few different results in this race and I don't think I want to back anything at 6-4 in it um, that does look the um, the York Sticks looked solid form last time out, um, and he's he's running himself back into form. He is effective on the ground. He deserves to be favourite for this, but I don't think there's an awful lot of juice in his price. I was with extra elusive last time out, um, and Holly gave him a, a superb ride to to win that. And Thomas made the point already. Um, you know the ride was was hugely important there and turning the tables with the um, the third home who'd beaten him at Newbury, um, and he's he's carrying a penalty uh, for winning a substandard Group Three, and that's going to be difficult for him. I think King Autocar is a bit disappointing. I was advisor for the first time. I'm not sure whether that's going to to work for him. They had high hopes for him last season, but he's been quite highly tried without looking like he's progressing at all. Sinjari is interesting. In that, um, you know, he, he's in his second full season. He, he was uh, one of the better sort of mile and a quarter, mile and a half, uh, three-year-old handicappers last season. And he improved again when he won the John Smith's Cup, um, where he beat certain lad as well, as Extra Elusive did. Of course, he, he beat certain lad in receipt of eight pounds, I think, from the runner-up, being a length that day. Certain lad obviously has, has shown that, um, that he was full value for his paced efforts. Um, on both of those runs by um, uh, by making the breakthrough in Group Three company at the uh, at the weekend, um, so that's a positive for the pair of them. But again, if you like Sinjari on the basis of his win in the John Smith Cup, I think you have to like Tin and Dali at a price, and I guess he is a price, isn't he? Yes, he is. He's currently thirteen point zero on Betfair. This is this is definitely a horse to to, to bear in mind. Um, he was a third to Sky Defender. Uh, at um, at Epsom, when he um, uh, he very much caught the eye, he then finished um, a rather unlucky fifth in the John Smith's Cup, giving um, a fair bit of weight to Sinjari. He was given seven pounds to Sinjari that day. Finished um, uh, finished uh, fifth in that contest with Sky Defender well behind him, um, and again he he didn't get any luck in running when finishing uh, a fifth of eighteen in. I hate the way these races are good, but are named now. It's whichever bookmaker is sponsoring the meeting with a slogan, handicap. Um, so you're not quite sure what, what it, I think that would have been the Chesterfield Cup or something at one stage. Um, but yeah, I thought he's he's better than the result in his last two starts. Off marks and, you know, a mark of 102 for all three of those runs. The obvious thing for him, um, and I guess he's in the race, i just check now, is the Cambridgeshire. I, I think he'd be a huge player in the Cambridgeshire. He'd be my idea of the of the likeliest winner of that, but I don't think he's in the race. Oh, well, wow. uh, looking at this because I noticed that something earlier on was in the Cambridgeshire, and Tinantali is not. Um, he's in this, so you know. Well, his connections, you know, want to get black type, I suppose. Um, and if they're running him in handicaps uh, later in the season, it might be maybe heading to Australia with them. It's, it's um, uh, he's owned by Australian bloodstock, uh, and they buy horses with, with a view of 
developing through the big handicaps and often going to Australia with them. Um, so that might be where his future lies. But he'd be he's, more he's, likely then to be heading to uh, to Flemington. Yeah, but he wouldn't be. It wouldn't be a Melbourne Cup horse because obviously he's a minor and a quarter performer. But essentially, head down but, though for the Spring Carnival. Yeah, that's 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 a possibility. Um, well, that's certainly what the long term plan is. It may not be this year, maybe next year that they, they think of doing that with them. But yes, that's that'd be an obvious enough one, um, which is maybe why they want to they want to give something out that Cambridge should have missed. But he he's very interesting in that regard. He'd be better off in handicaps, obviously. Um, than, than tackling Group Three company because uh, he'd have a, he'd have a better chance at the weights. Um, certainly, if he met, if he met St John in a handicap again, I'd, I'd, I'd quite fancy his chances. Um, but here he is beating St John at level weights. He's going to be a much bigger price than St John. So I'm inclined to take a chance on him. Um, as I said, it, it it may well be that his best case scenario is a big field, strongly run handicap where there's room to manoeuvre, whereas he's been doing it at York and Goodwood where there, he's met trouble in running, um, which is why I was thinking that Cambridgeshire would suit him. Uh, and it may be that a tactical race around Windsor is not ideal, um, but I think he's got plenty of upside about him and he's, he's going to be a biggish price. So I, I, I chance him knowing that he'd handle the ground. 13.0 on the Bedford Exchange, yeah. and I could easily see him being much, much shorter after the Rory Delargy final Furlong podcast army gets stuck into him. Uh, Jamie Spencer and David Amara. It is also worth pointing out, by the way, that this horse transferred this year from Dermot Weld to David Amara. That was back in uh, January when he was sold. He then raced in the colours of South Yorkshire Building Solutions, and now he will make his debut for Australian Bloodstock where eventually he will almost certainly end up in Oz. So it's been a busy year for him in terms of, in terms of ownership. Uh, but Tindali is the selection for Rory DeLarge in the uh, 3.15, live on Sky Sports Racing on Saturday. Tom, you were quite keen to mention the 10 past four at Goodwood. You think you've got the winner of this race lined up for us? Well, yeah, I mean, I hopefully I've got the winner. What is, what is really good about this race is actually for a class four handicap over one three courses, you couldn't wish for a better race than this one. It's full of improving sorts who are at the top of their game, including Sensational, who was a very sensational winner of a race at Sandown last week. Carried on five for that performance. Well, yeah, awful joke. Um, then we've got Say No More, who also won last time and won two starts ago. Sorry, three starts ago as well. He's improving too. But the one that I do like in this, um, a horse that seems to have discovered a proper consistent mojo is Singing the Blues, who's won his last three starts. And last time at Bath, was never in any danger whatsoever. Was getting a superb ride from Danny Musket from the front. But, I mean, he is a horse going places. Now, he's had 29 career starts, but he's only a five-year-old. And I think he's improving because he's gone from a mark of 68 to 82 with his last four starts. And I don't think he stopped improving just yet. Yes, he's up in grade now, but he will be on the front end, always handy at Goodwood. And he's got form and soft ground, despite the fact that his last couple of starts uh, on turf have come in firm ground. So he's very ground versatile. And I I just like the way that he's progressing so quickly. And I think in a race of this nature where others are improving too, he could just be the one who is going the fastest, the furthest. Um, so I, I'm really keen on seeing the Blues in that race. And you're looking at, you know, a, a near 90s performer if he wins that. And, I, and he'd be a great a feather in the cap for Rod Millman, who's doing a great job with him. And over this kind of staying distance, it is his bread and butter. And he will be staying on 
stronger when others have cried enough in the conditions. So I think seeing the Blues is not a, not a massively confident selection in the race, but I think he's going to run really well in what is a contest that actually should possibly take slightly higher billing on Saturday because it is a really, really competitive race and might not have the kind of glitz and glamour of Class 1, Class 2 contests. But as far as competitiveness go, definitely watch out for the 410 because it's going to be a cracker. No prices available just yet, but make sure you add that horse to your At The Races tracker and back him on Saturday, because I'm liking what Tom has to say there. Uh, Sunday, Rory, you were saying that Perth is arguably the the best racing of the weekend. Dare I say that in the middle of the flat season as we look at the jumps. But briefly, uh, a couple of races that you want to pick out on Sunday. Yeah, this is um, this is Perth's big meeting of the year, um, essentially. And obviously, we don't have decks, and that's always a bit of a pain when you're trying to look at good races. But um, when you look at high-end handicaps, it's, a, it's a, usually a little bit... Uh, more easy to to do that. So you've got the um, the Bet365 handicap hurdle um, at 2.40 on Sunday, and then you've got the Sam Morshead uh, Perth School Cup course named after the um, the former jockey and, and clerk of the course, Sam Morshead, who died um, last year, I think, or the year before. Um, great man um, in the game. But the um, the handicap hurdle thing is an absolute cracker. Um, Caius Marcius, who, who has top weight as a horse who's caught my eye, um, this season, he was a very good third in the um, the summer hurdle at Market Raisin on his reappearance, um, where he did all his best work late. Uh, wasn't greatly fancied that day. Carried top weight, uh, came home with a rattle to finish third. Uh, in fairness, the race was set up um, um, for him to a, to a large extent, but the forms worked out as well. Uh, he then uh, finished second at, at Southern last time out on quick ground in a race that wasn't run to, to suit him quite so well, but he backed that performance up. And I think he will, um, he's not been tried at this trip, but he, he keeps shaping as if he wants two and a half miles. Um, and although he's got 11 stone 12 here, I think he'd run a really good race. The only concern about him is the fact that Brian Hughes rides him all the time. And Brian Hughes is jocked up for Dear Sire instead. So it may well be that we don't see Caius Marcius here. Or if we do, there'll be a, a switch of jockeys. So that, that puts me off um, putting a bet on him at the moment. Um, the other horse who I suspect Pajero will be favourite for this, John Joe O'Neill Jr. riding for his father. Uh, and he's on a four-timer. Um, he, he won at Huntington in December. Um, Doncaster then um, with no penalty on his next start. And then came back from a break to win at Newton Abbott um, early this month. Um, he managed to go off as short as 4-11 to 11 in a 13-runner handicap two starts ago, which gives an impression of, of how far ahead of his mark he was considered to be. And I thought he was ridden with an, a lot of confidence last time out to get up on the line and win by a nose or a short head from Halling's Comet. Um, and the handicap was only raised in four pounds for that win um, because of the narrow margin. But the chances are, you know, he was ridden just to win by the narrow margin because they had this race in mind. He's a bit of a plot here, I think, and he's almost certainly going to be a short price. Um, so as such, I, I'm not going to tip him up um, um, because I think he's going to be well back. If he's, you know, if he opens up a reasonable price, by all means, um, have a go. Because I think he will he will come in for support. But one who's going to be a big price, um, who is worth looking at, is Native Fighter. Jimmy Moffat trains Charlotte Jones. Uh, right, Charlotte does a lot of the writing for Jimmy, and she has a good record. Um, she is not a strong rider. 
Um, she's very em- empathetic and horses run for her. Um, and if you just back her blind on Jimmy Moffat's horses, you'll make a lot of money. She's, she's popped up at big prices several times. Um, and, you know, people look at her in the finishing goal. She's not doing much there, but she gets them into winning positions well before that. The horses tend to travel and jump for her. Um, and she can, you know, she doesn't mind getting them in front um, early doors uh, and then just getting them traveling and jumping and that's often good enough to win with her seven pound claim and the other fighter's got no weight here uh, comes here with 10 stone three in his back less her seven pounds so he feel he's been let out and he's in he's in pretty good form um he was a winner at uh at carlisle over hurdles um starting out for the yard um in october last year uh with charlotte riding him that day uh and he made his comeback over hurdles he was fit from the flat in fairness at cartmel recently I say recently, end of July, so it's a, a month ago. Now, they ran him over an extended two miles six there, and I don't think he stayed. He travelled really well through the race, but he looked a big threat at the last. Um, Carmel's a funny track. You'll often hear the commentators say they're coming to the second last, and you think, oh, we're near the finish. You've got over a circuit from the second last hurdle to the line at Carmel, the longest run in the country. Um, again, from the last hurdle, you've got to go around three bends before you get to the finish. Um, and it was just too much for a native fighter. Dropping back to two and a half miles should be ideal for him. Um, he's got plenty of reasonable form in the book. I think he's fairly handicapped. I've won money yet. And because a couple of these will be well fancied in the market, uh, including that, that obvious plot from John Joe, I think you'll get a good price about a native fighter um, who will have, uh, what, nine stone 10 on his back. And I think he'll run a really good race off that way. It's just a case of hoping we get a decent price about him. Uh, and then in the Perth Gold Cup, which is a cracking contest, again, there's a Nicky Richards horse here that, that is of interest. And I don't know how they're going to price this up, but um, uh, Imada is clearly a horse who's had um, lots of problems. He has on no fewer than 10 occasions had to come back from, from um, two months or more off the track. Uh, so he's hardly ever been able to, to string two runs together in his career. He's 10 now, but he's very likely raced for a 10-year-old. Uh, and he tried three miles for the first time last time out at Binder in this class, despite the fact that he was up against much higher rated horses. And he ran away with it. He was hugely impressive. Uh, he won a well-contested Class 2 handicap chase by 15 lengths. Um, at Bangor, could have won by further if he wanted to. Um, he is up considerably in the weights, but I think more interestingly, he's not up in class. I'm I'm almost always against horses who are impressive um, in lower class races who then go up a stone in the weights and are meeting better horses, especially where they've dominated, because it's so much more difficult to dominate against better class of horses. But he's up against the same horses again. He's just higher in the weights, and I don't think that'll, that'll worry him. He doesn't have a stopping weight, he's got 11 stone in his back. Um, your worry with him generally is that, you know, he's clearly fragile. Um, but the fact that he's ready to run again, and Brian Hughes has been booked, uh, unlike for the the Richards runner in the previous race. And I think he's still ahead of the handicapper off a mark of 132. I don't know how much more we'll see of him um, because of the obvious issues that he's had. Um, but he's been, um, he's been pretty good um, uh, through his career. And he, he really got it together last time. That was a career best performance by some way. Jumped really well on the whole. Um, he pulled up on his previous start, but if you watch that back, uh, he made one really bad mistake and it just finished him off. Aside from he travelled really well up to that point and it jumped pretty well. But then, you know, one mistake just knocked him, knocked him out. Uh, and then, of course, he was off the track until, um, until July. But he's won that race, won it in really good style, and he's ready to run again a month later, which is a really positive sign. I think he's by far the likeliest winner of this. Most of these are pretty exposed. Um, he's up against a few of them who ran there. 
um, last time out and, and they don't have much chance of, of beating him. He runs to the same level of form. So again, it's just a case of hoping we get a good price about him. Nice shortlist for Perth from Roy Delargy, particularly a couple there at a nice price as well. Uh, very briefly, the Paddy Power Irish Cambridgeshire will be run on Friday at the Curra. Uh, 3.40 and Njord is currently heading the betting for Jessica Harrington a horse that went close at the Galway Festival and Jassar uh, is 11.5 who won the race last year for Dumbert Weld um, briefly Tom Bull who do you like? Yeah I mean it's a very competitive affair as you would expect I'm going to go with last year's winner actually Jassar um, won it last year off £5 lower and Andrew Slattery is claiming £5 then he's now claiming £3 so actually Jassar is technically £7 higher but um we know, we know how well Andrew Slattery's been riding this season. He's improved massively in the saddle. And undoubtedly, he's £2 better than he was when he was riding Jassar in last year's race. So I wouldn't be too worried about that. So technically, he's just £5 higher, in my opinion. And although he's not set the world like this season so far, uh, it has to be so. He did run well to be third at Nace on his penultimate start. And in my opinion, seven furlongs, as was the trip then, uh, is not his best distance. And he's run four times at the Curra. And his form figures read 2-1-2-1. Two, one, two, one. And both times he's been beaten, he's only just been beaten. So I'm expecting the return to this track, which he's not run out so far this season, to be a big help for him. And it is worth pointing out that the last time he was seen, Dermot Wells' horses were just coming into form. Mm. And now they are absolutely flying. Um, they're running a lot better than they were at the start of their campaign. He seems to be getting winners almost everywhere now. And I, th- I would give Jassar a big chance of following up last year's success. One, I would give it a bigger price as well. If he does get in, is Darkened, who's a reserve at the moment. I don't think he probably will get in, but it's just kind of throwing it out there because he's looked like a horse who is still extremely well handicapped in his last two starts. Yes, he's been raising the weights, but he's been given... Um, um, possibly tactical rides from the back, shall we say. <laughs> um, to fly home when all the game is up. Um, so he definitely is capable of winning another race at some point soon. And it could easily be a race of this competitiveness. Um, whether or not he gets in, he probably won't do. But Tarkin is definitely keeping, worth keeping an eye on in the near future because he is very much a winner in waiting. But I'm going to go with Jassar to repeat last year. Well, Dennis Hogan's got a number of forces in this race. So if he really fancies him and they get a, I don't know, maybe the ground turns up as being unsuitable or something along those lines, maybe, maybe he'd be able to. Yeah, stranger things have happened. But I I quite liked your description there. Tactical rides. Let's go with that one from now on, shall we? uh, That sounds politically correct to me. Uh, Rory, the Irish Cambridgeshire, who wins? I am going to take a chance here on uh, on Quizzical for Sheila Lavery, um, who... Uh, has got an up and down record this season but he would have been badly in need of his reappearance at the Curra I think the main aim for him was the Avanora at Galway and he ran an absolute storm in there I napped him that day it was a huge price um, he didn't he couldn't get out until late he was he was tucked away towards the inside right at the back of the field uh, and he finished very strongly he'd beaten less than a length and a half but only managed fifth in the end so even the each way money was down the drain uh, he then was turned out pretty quickly after that and ran flat at Goran, um, but uh, shipped an awful lot better under different tactics. Uh, went fourth and listed company behind so wonderful at uh, Killarney last time. Um, that uh, is on a par with the form he showed at Galway. He's a pound lower in the weight uh, than he was then. Uh, he's at his best when the ground is really testing, so more rain would be a positive uh, for him. He loves heavy ground. Whether he really wants a stiff mile, I don't know. But he, he was keeping on again at, at Killarney after he got headed. Um, he kept on very strongly in the finish. 
I'd, I'd give him a chance. You know, obviously, his worst run this season has come at the Curra, but I just think that was that was badly needed. He's not one I'd want to back at a short price, but he's going to be about 20s, I'd have thought, for this. Mm. Maybe bigger than that. Dylan Brian McMonagall didn't ride him last time out because he wouldn't have been able to claim in a listed mm. race. But he's back on board here, and he's a very talented young jockey. Um, it's going to take him a little while to, to establish himself, but you know, he had a big reputation coming from the, the pony ranks, and he's, he's gradually getting that together. Um, so hopefully he'll get the brakes and Quizzical can pop up at a big price. Um, her horse is running a lot better than, than um, as a rule than than the return she's got this season. Half nuts won for her the other day, her most recent runner. Um, so hopefully Sheila's horses are hitting form at just the right time. Strong bow for me. First time visor for Paddy Toomey, Nathan Cross in the saddle. Uh, big price from a nice draw, I think. So that's what I'm going to go for. Finally, another chance to win. Personalized Final Forlum podcast mug. So exclusive, not even Tom Bull or Rory DeLarge have one, but you could... All you have to do is tweet the right answer to this question. Name the Air Force Blue, trained by Aidan O'Brien, who won a big juvenile race at NACE last Sunday. Tweet your answer using the hashtag FFPMogClub, and we'll announce the two winners on Monday's show. Very best of luck to you. Tweet us, hashtag FFPMogClub, with the Air Force Blue's name, who won for Aidan O'Brien at NACE on Sunday. Best bets for the weekend. Tumble. I think Caballetta will win the March stakes, but she's too short to put as my best bet. So I'm going to go with Central Dream in the Celebration Mile, who will love the rain that's come. And I think you can overlook his one last time because on three trips to France, he's run poorly on each one. And back to the Diamond Four, which I hope he will be, he's going to be very hard to beat, in my opinion. You and I are in the same boat. Century Dream is my bet of the weekend. And I can't wait. Come on, Tom. Gravy. <laughs> last time we agreed was Miss Amulet. We're in gravy, so hopefully more gravy to come. Uh, Rory Delargy, your best bet of the weekend. I am going to go with Native Fighter in the 240 at Perth. That's the Class 2 Handicap Hurdle. Loving it. Absolutely loving it. Thanks so much for your time. Best of luck if you're entering the competition. You might as well. It's free to enter. Hashtag FFP Mug Club. We'll announce the winners on Monday. And uh, thank you for your time. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. And more importantly, hopefully there's plenty of gravy to be found for the weekend. Tom Bull, pleasure as always, my man. Thank you, Emmett. It's been great fun. Really enjoyed it as always. Rory Delargy, excellent stuff. Pleasure as always, man. Great to get the insight from the two lads. Hopefully gravy to be found for the weekend thank you for listening we're back on monday have a great weekend talk to you then god bless will it happen or won't it happen you can bet on it with the betfair exchange proud sponsors of the final furlong podcast have you downloaded the free app the races app yet with easy to use race cards and form expert daily tips plus video replays and in-app betting it's the app that no racing fans phone should be without available for free on your iphone or android mobile Visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.